welcome to the Healing Radio Podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Healing Courageously. First of all, I want to say thank you to all of our veterans and happy Memorial Day. Thank you for your sacrifice to this country and thank you to the families of all of our military personnel and their sacrifice that they that they have to deal with as well um, throughout your time of employment deployment. But we do I for one do greatly appreciate you. Um, you, if it wasn't for the vets of this country, we wouldn't have a free America. So thank you very much for your dedication, your time, your support, and your integrity and your loyalty to this country, first off. So thank you. Um, second, um, my wife and I are moving to Arizona. We've been kind of looking at it for a while. Kathy retired about two weeks ago. And so we're going to be moving there on June 16th. It'll be our last day here in the desert. So for the month of June, I'm not going to be recording any new podcasts. We're going to be concentrating on getting the house all, all moved, uh, getting this house packed up, and getting moved to Arizona, getting settled in Arizona. And our plan is that in July, I'll start back up recording new podcasts. But in the interim, I will more than likely be pulling up um, some podcasts from the archives and posting those, uh, not every week, every other week for sure. So stay tuned for that. And I do appreciate those of you that do follow me. Uh, it's, it's great to have followers. And I hope that these, these podcasts can give you some insight and help. You know, I always say this, no matter where you're at, there's always got to be one little nugget that we can walk away from with a, a podcast or a meeting or a church or, or whatever. So just, I thank you for tuning in to us. Now, also what, what I want to say is this, is that we focus our, our podcast mostly on a lot of the, the healing, family, uh, addiction healing, family healing, all that, you know, uh, abuse, how, how the solution for abuse. That's been our primary focus and we'll continue to be that um, as, as we go forward. Now, Today, I'm going to step a little bit out of that, although this is something that I still believe in, I'm very passionate about. Um, and I've waited a couple of days to do this, and I've actually wanted to do this this kind of a post for a while, but it just wasn't the right time. So in light of the Uvalde school shooting, I'm going to be doing some talking around that subject of mass, mass school shootings. First of all, I want to give my condolences to all the parents, all the family members, the community that lost children in that tragic event that happened a couple of days ago. Nobody, nobody should have to lose a child before they die. I watched my grandfather. My dad died when he was 32. My grandfather was 50-something. And my grandfather, once he lost my, my dad, he pretty much was lost in life for the rest of his life. Thank God he had me there. Because um, I think I fulfilled that that point in that spot to the best, well, not even to the best, to some point at least. I spent a lot of time with him. He taught me a lot about life and hunting and so on and so forth. So my deepest condolences go out to the community of, of uh, Ovade. <clears throat> One thing I'm not going to do is I will not mention the shooter's name. He doesn't deserve the credit. In fact, that's what they're looking for is the credit. They're looking for the attention that they've, they've never gotten in life. That's one of the reasons. Um, I'll, I'll tell this quick little story. I, had, I used to hunt with overspringer spaniels. And I had a professional dog trainer train my spaniels. Great guy, Pat Callahan out of Game of Kennels. You know, God rest his soul. Excuse me. I come in, we were out there one day, and he says, you know, it's real simple, really. To train dogs, it's simpler than people realize. Basically, you just got to follow the leash of the person holding the holding the leash, and that's where the problem lies. That was a standing joke, but 
he believed in positive reinforcement. And it works with the dogs. And it, basically, you give them a positive reinforcement when they do good. And you just, when they're doing stuff they're not supposed to do, you don't make a big deal out of it. And so when you look at the society, he was explaining this to me. So when we look at society and with kids, kids want attention. doesn't matter if it's positive attention or negative attention. They want attention. And they're going to get it one way or the other. And it's funny how, you know, back when I was having my dogs trained, there wasn't all these mass shootings, so on and so forth. But I could really relate to it and understand it. And now, over the years, as these mass shootings come up, um, and we'll get into a little bit of the illness um, in, a, in a bit here, too, I, I can see where the nuclear family has been destroyed, pulled apart absentee parents, so on and so forth. And these kids just want attention. And it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. They're going to get it. Period. So with all that being said, I want to say first that that the story and the facts are still unfolding. And it's amazing how in the first two or three days, how a lot of the story turned around very quickly, i.e., there was no safety officer on campus. In fact, he wasn't there at all. In fact, he did not get in a, gun, in, in a, in a gunfight with, with the shooter. Right? In fact, the shooter was on his way there. There's a lot of things that happened in between, right? I know what, I, what I've heard, what I've seen. You can, you can look up. There's several different ways you can look at this stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay up on the facts as much as I can every day. The... Um, so what we know is that what the news first reported, okay, not 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 the shooting, but the part of it was incorrect. Again, social media gets a hold of stuff, and God knows what the, what's going to come out of their mouth. It's just the way it is. I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's just the way it is. Social media needs the attention. They need the ratings, especially some of the far left uh, news stations that are losing losing their, uh, their, their their ratings. This is this is one reason that I believe that the news doesn't need to be reporting anything about these mass shootings. Anything about them. Not when they happen, not how many were killed, not any of that stuff, until everything has been settled down, until all the facts have been driven in. Until we know exactly how many people were, were shot, how many people were killed, how many people were wounded. We need to know all the facts. Because what's unfolding now is that, and no disrespect to the police department or police officers, anywhere in this world, they lay their life on the they lay their lives on the line for us daily. But according to whatever was coming out now from the police chief itself and from the governor of Texas, they messed up bad. They have protocol for active shooter. And essentially, the protocol for active shooter, if she's shooting and there's hostages, you, you go through, you find the threat, you, you, and, and you neutralize that threat right away. And that's when you got to put your life on the line. As, as I heard the chief of police say, this is what you signed up for. You can't back out now. I understand it'd be a scary situation to be in that situation, but there's kids' lives at stake. And it doesn't matter if it's kids or who it is. We need to protect them with everything we can. We know this for sure, that the the shooter was bullied in school because of a speech impediment. He had a stuttering impediment and he had a strong lisp. So he was bullied for having those two speech impediments. We know that his life was fraught, was full of fraught, was full of unpleasant things, such as problems or dangers. His life was full of it. His mom was a drug addict. His dad was nowhere to be found. We know he was a cutter. He used to cut his face, and according to what he would tell his friends when asked, why do you cut your face with different kinds of knives? He goes, because it's fun. All right? He was an isolator. He liked to be by himself, didn't have a lot of friends. 
he drove around shooting BBs at random people in the, in the community. Now, right there tells you something. Again, there was plenty of red flags with this kid. And as most of the red flags in the past, they get ignored. That's what I'm understanding. Okay. On social media, he would harass people, threatening them with rape, kidnapping, and murder. Ten days before the school shooting, he posted on social media, only ten more days. Only ten more days. To the day that he said that, ten more days is when he started shooting up the school, the kids. Thirty minutes prior to shooting spree, the gunman issued several chilling communications warning about his intention. He was going to shoot his grandmother, he mentioned in one, one post. And he ended up shooting his grandmother. That he was going to shoot up the elementary school. Shoot up an elementary school. He didn't say which one, but he was going to shoot up an elementary school. He shot his grandmother in the face. He stole his grandfather's truck and crashed it. After crashing the truck, he allegedly shot at people visiting a funeral home. And he allegedly shot at the school building before entering it. There's a lot more details that are coming out about the time lapse between the time the police were called and the day. There's just a lot of details that are coming out that's not looking favorable to the people in the police department that were involved in this. And again, no disrespect to the police department. They're under a lot of pressure all the time. You know, a lot of them have been defunded. There's a lot that we don't know behind the scenes, but these are still the facts that happened in that shooting. Then he entered the school and he shot up a room of kids. Now, he had 70 magazines, 30-round magazines that were found in the classroom. That's 210 rounds. And as the reports started coming out later and later, those were all expended rounds, 210. So I, I don't even, can't even imagine what that room must have looked like. He killed 19 kids. One of them was a police officer, uh, one of the, the, the police officers who um, was there on scene. It was one of them was his his child. Two of them were, I believe, people in the in the city's council. So there's a lot of people that were there on the scene trying to help these kids who lost kids. Allegedly, it was being reported that he that he uh, he fired hundreds of rounds in the classroom. Well, those still seven rounds, those seven 30-round magazines, that's 210 rounds. He allegedly fired them all in that room. I can't even imagine. And there were seven empty 30-round magazines that had been expended. That'd be 210 rounds. All right. When we talk about law enforcement, just a little bit, again, I'm not here to bang on, on them. We don't know all the facts. We, we weren't inside that room. We weren't there on the scene. You know, and, and it's like <clears throat> my firearm instructor was telling us, and, and I'll never forget this one thing that he, I'll never forget this. He says, we got kids, young kids, teenagers that are trained killers. They're trained to kill people as part of their job description being military. And they're trained in all aspects of it but yet they come home all jacked up because they had to kill people. All right. So he would say, he said to us, just pray to God that you never have to pull the trigger and kill anybody. It, it, that, that's a pretty strong statement. So we weren't them police officers. We weren't the border patrol. You know, a lot of praise goes to that border patrol agent that just said, finally, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm not listening to nobody. This guy's got to be taken out or what else is going to happen. The school safety officer, as, as I mentioned earlier, who was the captain of the, of the school uh, police force, as I understand it, was not involved in a shootout with Shooter as first responded. In fact, he wasn't even on the campus. If, if I understand right, there was eight campuses, eight different schools in that district, and there was only four safety officers for that entire district. So he was going around checking these other schools, from what I understand. Supposedly, a teacher went out of class to make a phone call, 
leaving the door propped open, breaking the protocol, the safety protocol the school had in place. All doors are to be locked with only one entrance and one exit. And then they were talking about a, um, a fence around the school. Well, the fence was only three or four feet high from what they're reporting. So it was easy access to it. He got in through the door that was allegedly propped open. And allegedly, the very first room that he came to was the, the room for the kids that he entered that was unlocked. It's the first room that you can actually run across, from what I understand, the first room that's there that you can enter if it was unlocked. And it's also being revealed that there were many mistakes made by the local law enforcement, which likely caused a lot more children to be killed, shot, and died. There's a lot of things that they, they could have stopped a lot of this. How they've responded at, like an active shooter instead of a barricaded shooter. Again, I wasn't there. We're not there. Monday morning coaching doesn't work, right? But the reality is, that's their job. But being under fire and having that many rounds coming out of a gun at you is not a pleasant feeling. Now, again, I'm, I want to be sensitive to all the families, but I'm just stating facts. You know why? I'm stating these facts. I want to do this because the government doesn't always tell us the truth. The news media doesn't always do the truth. So I'm not making all this stuff up. I've done a lot of research for the last few days to pull all this stuff up. And again, a lot of it, a lot of it is still being alleged, but the fact is, is that it's out there, okay? An active shooter situation equals identify, engage, and neutralize shooter at any, at any cost, okay? I want to talk about mass shootings throughout the United States over, over time, just for a little bit. Between 2000 and 2019, there have been 691 people killed in mass shootings, an average of 36 per year or three per month. Those are the averages, right? Under Trump in 2018 to 220 to 2020, between January and May, and that's I'm, I'm, at this point what I'm doing. I want to compare between Trump and, and between Biden. Okay, politics are going to come into this, and it, it's, it's unavoidable because the bodies were still warm on the ground in the schoolroom, and our president got up on TV, and Mr. Schumer got up and started screaming gun control. They didn't even talk about the bodies. They didn't even take time to, to give the family a chance to mourn. Did he, it was ridiculous what he did. And we're going to go into gun control in a minute, too. Like I said, this is a little out of my norm, but I'm passionate about this stuff. I'm getting tired of hearing about, about um, the guns kill people. And the reality is people kill people, and that's the bottom line. Okay? And I'm going to go through some more statistics here, and you're going to see. I'll bring up some more stuff. So a total of, <clears throat> between January and May, right, 2018-2020, and those are three three of the years. They didn't have uh, 16 and 17 in there. They just had 2018-2020. Of each year, we had a total of 409 mass shootings. So in those three years, those five, those 15 months total, right? We've had 409 mass shootings, 27 per month, which is 15. That's over a course of 15 months, okay? Under Biden, in just um, the first year and a half of his presidency, we've had a total of 454 mass shootings. Now, these are what the you know statistics were telling us on statista.com. You can there's there's a lot of different places to get statistics. Which, in my opinion, I'm using them and telling you some websites only because people want they want backup. 
the reality is statistics can be skewed and they can be manipulated however you want to manipulate them. Okay. But this is what I this is what some of the facts are. So so in three years of time, three years time, right? In 15 months, there was 409 mass shootings under Trump, which is 27 per month. Okay. In a year and a half, in 10 months of Biden's administration a total of 454 mass shootings, or 54 per month, okay? Why is it that the Dems that cry gun control, gun control allowed us, I'm sorry, this is the fact, this is the way it is, right? Why is it that they're the ones that have the most mass shootings? Look at the city of Chicago with the strictest gun laws in the United States. Shooting and killings are out of control in our city. Okay. Now, AR-15, AR, AR, AR. For those of you that are ignorant enough to think that, or arrogant, I'm sorry, arrogant enough to think that AR stands for assault rifle, that's not what it stands for. It stands for Armorite. That's the manufacturer of the rifle, Model 15. Real simple. The thing that's scary about it is it does look like a military gun, but it has nothing to do with the military. You can't, they don't even use those in the military. You can't even get a military gun on the streets. It's, you can't do it. Okay? Automatic weapons have been around since the early 1900s. Even before the military had them, the semi-automatic weapons were here for the average person to have and own. They get it through Sears catalog and deliver it right to your house. Right? I'm going to get into a little more of I can get pretty, never mind. Okay. So talking about the weapons, let's talk about the weapons used, all right? And this is through, again, statista.com, all right? Weapons used in mass shootings since 1982 through May of 2022, okay? For, with handguns, pistols, right? Out of 90, 98 incidents of shootings with pistols, I mean, uh, mass shootings, 146 pistols were used. Wow. Wait till you hear the next one. With rifles, long guns, AR-15, oh, excuse me, long guns, rifles of any kind, 50 incidents, and only 58 rifles were used. Oh, and we want to ban... AR-15s. With shotguns, 26 incidents, and 30 shotguns were used. Hmm. Kind of amazing, isn't it? But you won't hear this from the government. It's all about the AR-15. They're not going to explain to you what was used. And that's why I feel that this doesn't need to be broadcast until all facts are laid out and the truth is to be told, not trumped up the, uh, statistics about weapons that are used, the kind of weapons that are used. Be truthful about it. You need to understand that I strongly believe and support the Second Amendment. My grandfather grew up in, in the Midwest. My, my, my grandfather boy was... He grew up in the farm country in the Midwest. He taught me at a very young age how to shoot, how to respect guns. My father taught how to respect guns, how to respect nature. When I was when I was a teenager or when I was 18, driving around town in Dana Point, I can remember back in the 70s, and it was before that even, and probably early on, probably early into the 80s, I had a shotgun in the back of my truck, sitting on the gun rack behind behind the driver's seat. I mean, it was normal. Nobody stole my gun. Nobody come and got it and started shooting everything up. Because we have parents that loved us and cared about us. Yeah, I mean, I was badly abused, but that didn't give me the right to go shoot somebody up. Thank God for my grandmother and grandfather, Boyd. My dad's parents are the ones that kept me sane. So I strongly believe and the Second Amendment. And it's, it, it's there to protect us from a government of tyranny that we have now. 
There's also the only amendment that says we shall, that shall not be infringed upon. The right to bear arms shall not be fringed upon. I've had weapons, like I said, since I was 18 years old. And I have not had one weapon yet, rifle, shotgun, or pistol, just jump up and start shooting anybody. It doesn't happen that way. And if people that think that's how it happens, you got another thing coming. You need to, you need to really understand the facts of life. I'm a firm believer in background checks. God's sake, I live in California. I'll wait 15 days. I don't have a problem with that. That it, it I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Get my back check, background check. Do I think, you know, it's helping? I, 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 you know, I'm not one to say. No new laws. You need to understand this. No new laws will stop the mass shooting. There are already 28,000 gun laws in legislation on the books that don't work. They're not being reinforced. They're not being enforced on me. So why create another law that's just not going to work? It's going to make a bunch of people that don't even understand the facts about guns feel safer. When the reality is, when the reality is you take the guns from the people, it's going to be a lot more unsafe. Because criminals, whether you want to believe it or not, and if you're so ignorant to think that a criminal is not going to get a gun when they want it, you got a lot to learn. They're out there. They can make them from anything. So it's not a gun, so then it's a knife, right? Or it could be a bomb. Imagine that kid walked in that classroom with a bomb uh, strapped to his chest and pulled the plug down. How many more people would have been killed? When people want to kill people, they're going to kill them. You cannot teach evil out of people. Evil people are just flat evil, and you can't change them. According to the National Firearm Survey in 2021, there are 81.4, 81.4 million, with an M, million gun owners, the legal gun owners, in America. Okay? These gun owners own approximately 385,140,000 guns. That equals five guns per owner. You know, if, if, if a person hunts, five guns is normal. Absolutely normal. People, people collect guns. Right? Some people cut arsenals of guns. It's a personal choice. The Second Amendment guarantees that. Taking into consideration that there were 214 mass shootings in the first five months of 2022... That equals, you ready for this? 0.0000263% of gun owners that use their guns for mass shootings. I mean, so under a quarter percent, way under a quarter percent of us gun owners that own guns use them for mass shootings. It just doesn't happen that often. But it sure makes the headlines. Because whatever the whatever the left can do to get their attention and focus on guns, they're going to do it. Simply put, guns are not the problem. Absolutely not the problem. I don't care what you think or what you say. You can think whatever you want to think. That's your prerogative. Okay, but I'm telling you it's not true. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. People kill people, not guns. So if we want to talk about, well, yeah, guns are killing people. People are just behind the, the trigger. All right. Let's, let's, let's do a little comparison. Real simple, drunk driving throughout the United States, okay? 
<laughs> According to the United States Department of Transportation, there are every day, every day, about 32 people in the United States die in drunk driving crashes. Every day. About 32 people in the United States die in drunk driving crashes. That's one person every 45 minutes. Every 45 minutes, somebody's being killed by a drunk driver. 2020, 11,654 people died in alcohol-impaired driving traffic deaths. A 14% increase from 2019, which we can probably blame on COVID. A lot to do with COVID, right? These deaths were all preventable. So maybe we ought to start banning cars. Not just not just not not just gas, not just you know fossil fuel type cars, all the cars, electric cars, everything. You know, you don't have anywhere near anywhere near that many deaths from guns in a year, let alone in a day. Let alone in a day. So where, where's the logic behind all of this? Where is the logic behind all of this? There is none. It's political agendas by the left that can completely control us. I, I just got to say that much, okay? Because that's what it all looks like. That's what it's all boiling down to. Okay. So there's enough about the guns. A little comparison with drunk driving, which I think is important to get out there. So let's talk about what the common thread is with all these mass shootings. And there is a common thread behind every one of these mass shootings. Whether you want to face it or not. Whether you want to face it or not, it's mental health. Okay. In 2021, the Stanford University School of Medicine's research team, led by Dr. Ira Glick, studied 35 mass shootings that occurred in the U.S. between 1982 and 2019. Of the 28 shooters with a mental health diagnosis, okay, only seven didn't have a mental health diagnosis, okay, but of the 28 that did, 18 had schizophrenia. Ten had other diagnoses, including bipolar disorder, delusional disorder, personality disorder, and substance-related disorders. Okay? Of the 28 shooters with a mental illness diagnosis, none, zero, were medicated or received other treatment prior to their crimes, according to the study published recently in the Journal of Clinical Psychopharmacology. Gee, it's not the gun. It's the mental disorder. We must not lose sight of the large... Here's something that's very, very important too, okay? We must not lose sight of the larger perspective that most who are violent are not mentally ill, and most of the mentally ill are not violent. Okay? But this is amongst the mass shooters. Seems to be a big argument. It says everybody just goes right to mental health instead of guns. Well, there's a reason they go to mental health, because it's a fact. So here's a little history of mental health. And again, I'm just kind of paraphrasing stuff going going through it. I don't I don't want to spend a lot of time on all this, but you can look a lot of this up yourself. And I and I wish I could remember it pervade in one of my psychology classes when I'm about to tell you how it, from from president to president to president, it literally started shifting from from a personal community, care about person to the industrialization community. But in 1935, President Roosevelt enacted the Social Security Act and designed a number of programs to provide aid to various segments of the population. So Roosevelt started this whole thing with Social Security and with mental health. Mental health has been around for a long time. I mean, way, way, and they've been trying to figure out mental health forever. There have been all sorts of 
ugly different types of, of treatments they've used. It goes all the way back to the biblical days, okay? Over the next several decades, the concern over community well-being slowly transitioned to total focus on industrialization. I can remember my professor, and I can't find my notes, and I looked and looked and looked. He broke it down after Roosevelt, each president, how it slowly started transitioning into total, um, con- uh, uh, total focus on industrialization of the United States. In 1980, President Jimmy Carter signed legislation, legislation which provided grants to community mental health centers. So there's money available, right? to the centers to do what they had to do to help the mentally, uh, the people that were struggling with mental health. On August 13, 1981, President Reagan signed the Omnibus Reconciliation Act, which repealed most of the Mental Health Service Act of 1980, stating that Congress felt that Congress felt that state provisions would be sufficient. Well, how's that working out for our states? I can tell you this, it's not working out in California. You just go to San Francisco, go to L.A., go to Skid Row, go up to the state of Washington. It's not working out. Go to the state of Hawaii. It's not working out. There's not enough state funds to do it. They just ixnate all the state funds. Patent State Hospital here in Southern California, they shut it down. There's There's no place for people to go get mental health. And what places are there? are tough to get into. And recently I've, I've had a couple clients of mine that they needed that extra mental health help. And I reached out to my people and nobody could recommend a, a, a competent mental health facility here in Southern California or in California at all. I know I can go to Texas at um, Casa Colina Treatment Center they do great. They do great work there. It's, it's all men, but they do great work there. So the government's done this. They've they, they've done their 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 share of it. Okay, we as a people, not all of us, have allowed it. So what's the solution? And that that's therein lies the question. What is what is the solution? Bring back the Mental Health Service Act for the mentally ill. Something's got to change. Somehow we got to get the Mental Health Act back and get these mental health facilities back up. Okay? We got to be able to start controlling our borders, especially the, the, the southern border along Mexico. The amount of drugs that are poisoning our kids, our men, our women in this country is a, it's just astounding again thanks to this wonderful administration we have in, our, in, in the president's seat right now that's got to stop we got to shut the border down shut all the cartels off okay the, the child trafficking the sex trafficking all that all of that attributes to the mental health and well-being of people we have to and you look you look I guarantee you, if, if you can just for a second remove any negative thoughts about God, well, how can I pray to God when all this is happening? God's not doing it. Man's doing it, right? God gives us free meal, free will. Go back to when God was in our government, God was in school, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance, the Star-Spangled Banner, saying prayer. Go back to when all that was in place. America was a pretty peaceful place to be and a pretty nice place to be at that point in time. Then we took it all out. What do you expect? What do you expect? And that's an argument that I know I could sit down with a lot of you people listening to this. You're just going to, you're going to say, no way. I'm not going to pray there. That's what God's about. You have no how many, you have no idea how many people, when I talk, start talking about God and abuse, will just shut me out. That's what God allows to happen. I want nothing to do with that. Well, I understand. I've been there. And that's a whole other subject to go on. We need to quit going public every time there is a mass 
shooting. Every time there's a mass shooting. Whether the shooter or shooters are taken alive or killed, the media is giving them exactly what they are wanting. Attention. Can you hear me now, Mom? Can you hear me now, Dad? Can you see me now? You know, the, the kid that you kept on shoving out of your life? The kid that everything was more important than me in your life? The kid that you shoved an iPad or an or a Xbox in my face and say, just go play your Xbox. I don't have time for you. Can you see me now, Mom? Can you see me now, Dad? You think I'm joking. I'm not. I've talked to gang members. You know why they join gangs? Because their family don't, don't care about them. Because dad ain't around. So they join a game because it's a family. They feel accepted. Yeah, they might have to get beat in, but they're doing anything to feel accepted, to feel approved. They don't care. They just want to be feel that sense of acceptance that they're not getting from mom or dad. And other mom and, a lot of mom and dads might be listening to this, and you're going to be pissed. Go ahead and be pissed. That means that I hit something, a nerve that you need to look at. People go, Randy, what's wrong with the kids today? Mom and dad, go look in the mirror. Not, not all mom and dad are bad moms and dad. I understand that. But the problem starts in the home. Generational curses. And maybe you were raised that way. So you got a choice. Are you going to continue on with that kind of uh, toxic behavior? Or are you going to teach your children different? Are you going to change yourself so you can change your children? Be the change that you want the world to be. The media needs to quit using the word AR. Take it out of your vocabulary, media. Please get rid of it. That it's, it's, it's toxic. It's not the truth. It's a long rifle. I don't care if it's got a 16-inch barrel. It's a long rifle. It's a rifle. It's a rifle. It's a rifle. It's not an automatic rifle. It's not an assault rifle. Like I, like I put in the statistics, it's back here. Between 1982 and 2022, three time, nearly three times the amount of pistols were used in mass shootings than rifles were used. So what does that tell you? Quit focusing on the weapon and start focusing on the why. Why is this person feel the need to go shoot up a bunch of innocent children? He's cutting his face. There's a lot of pain inside that kid. And everybody's ignoring him. I talked to some people when I was riding my bike across America. There was a girl. She had she had three girls, and they're all being molested. <clears throat> it was in Zane, Zane, yeah, Zane, Zanefield, Ohio. She worked at the hotel there. The three daughters are all being molested by grandpa. The older daughter would get in between the, her and the younger two sisters, and she would take most of the abuse so her, so her sisters didn't have to go through it. She couldn't get her in to see what the, what the psychiatric, what the psych, psychiatrist wanted to do was just pump her full of more psychotropic meds. Because she's struggling. She, nobody's there to help her. It took two months. She said that Randy is two months to get on a Zoom meeting. With a, with a psychologist for my kids. I go, you do whatever you got to do to help those kids. I'm going to give you, I gave her some information. But you don't want to keep poisoning your kid's brain because it, what they're doing is, is they're just masking the symptom instead of digging up the root of the problem. It happens way too often. And so they carry that pain, that rage, that hate, and all that around I did it for 38 years. It's not fun. The most important thing that I believe the United States has to do is we have to reestablish the importance of the nuclear family. We have to reestablish the importance of having God at the center of those families. We have to reestablish the importance of having fathers in a child's life. There's a six-part podcast I did on the importance of a father in a child's life. And I did it off of uh, Dr. Miles Monroe's uh, sermon that he did. The father is the most important influencer in a child's life, be it a, a boy or a girl. Moms are there to nurture them. 
Moms are there to, to cuddle them. Dads are there to teach them love, respect, to, to respect themselves, integrity. When they don't have that, they go to the street. How do I know? Well, I've talked to a lot of people, but that's what I did. My dad died when I was 12. My stepfather abused me in every way imaginable. So I did what I had to do to be respected, to be, to be uh, accepted. The nuclear family has to come back into play, the full nuclear family. We need to start thinking more positive in this world. We need to get rid of the words of entitlement and all that stuff that just, it, it, it just goes around to I mean, when people tell us that Social Security is an entitlement, I paid into Social Security all my life, so it's not an entitlement. It was like a savings account that I get. And I don't even get the full benefit, I don't think, but it doesn't matter. I get what I get. We have to teach our children Respect for themselves. <laughs> respect for elders. Integrity. Morals, values, ethics. You want all this to stop? And when somebody's suffering like this, say something. That old saying, see something, say something. It's a tragedy what just happened. 19 innocent fourth graders. 19, just going to school. Just They just got out of an award ceremony. My wife told me she heard that one of the teachers that had died, her husband, I think they had three or four children. Her husband had showed up at the school to drop flowers and memorial of her wherever they were doing that. And he went home and died of a heart attack. Now you got three or four children that have no parents. America, we have to step up as people. The government was found for the people, by the people. Not for the government, by the government. We have to remember that. I know, I'm 65. I've been around a long time. I got children and I got grandchildren. And I want—I don't want this world taken from them. I want them to be able to enjoy life. Enjoy the outdoors. Go fishing, go camping. Go hunting if they choose to. They're all, they've been around it. My children have been around it all their life. My grandchildren are around it. We don't force it on them. It's their choice. But they know about guns because we have them. We teach them safety about the guns. We're not afraid to show them everything about a gun. Instead, people, what people want to do is they want to hide all this stuff from them. The kids get curious. And because mom and dad want to hide stuff, don't want to be truthful, tragedy happens. So, again, my deepest condolences. I'm going to make sure I. I got some more stuff here. Hold on. Oh, that's it. Again, my deepest condolences to the community of Vivalde to the families that lost their loved ones. May God's peace be with you. May your community come together around you and support each other. I know they're going to be in for a long haul of recovery. And I know, from what I understand, it's a pretty God-centered community. And God will be with them. And God will get him through this. So, thanks for joining me on this. Like I say, it's a little bit out of what I normally do, but I'm really passionate about, about this. I, my age puts me in the bracket where I've seen too much and know too much to where I'm not going to let this government do what they think they can do to anybody just because of their power and the fear tactics, fear tactics that they are using. So I'll be back in the 1st of July. Like I said, my wife and I are moving to Arizona. We're moving out of California, moving to Arizona. So my wife has retired, so we're starting a new life, the next phase of our life. Um, 
I, I guess you could call it, I don't want to say it, but the final phase of our life. I mean, who knows what's final? I guess it's not, I guess it's not just the next phase of our life. So, we have a lot of fun together. My wife and I, we've been through a lot um, as a couple. And those of you that do know me, uh, know how much we've been through and how much we struggled in the past and how much how much work we've done over the last 16 and a half years to get to where we're at today. So remember one last time until July, check out my website, courageousheaters.org on the sexual abuse side. You can read about what we're doing. I'm going to be short, shortly I'm going to be updating that website. Then my uh, changeyourlifestorynow.com for our life coaching. We work with uh, addiction, abuse, marriages. My wife and I do marriage counseling, couples counseling. Uh, we're still, I'm SIMBA certified, uh, Save Your Marriage Before It Starts. We have quite the array of, of, of coaching modalities that we can help can help you with. Also get my book, Healing the Wounded Child Within. It's on paper, it's in paperback, audible, and on uh, Kindle. Also my uh, 30 day devotion to wholeness, paperback and Kindle, and seven day challenge just in paperback on Amazon.com. So thanks for joining me today. Again, thank you. Uh, happy Memorial Day to everybody. To all of our soldiers, thank you once again for your service. We greatly do appreciate it. Remember, if nobody tells you that they love you today, Randy does. But more importantly, God does. Be blessed, everybody. This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does. Thank you.